Welcome to the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. My name is Natalie Nidham. I'm a nutritionist, a human potential, and epigenetic coach, and I created this podcast to bring you the latest ways to take control of your health and longevity. We cover it all, from new technology to ancestral health practices, personalized interventions, and a very special interest of mine, peptides. Enjoy the show. Hey everybody, you may be wondering why you're getting an episode downloading to your app, whether it's Spotify, Apple, or wherever you consume your, your podcast from me on a Friday. And that's because this episode is a bonus episode. It's an extra episode to my usual lineup. And it's because it has everything to do with the retreat that I'm hosting in March of 2022, March 25th to March 30th in Cabarete, Dominican Republic. This is an interview with my co-host of the retreat, whose name is Dasha Maximov. She is the founder of WealthCo, and she is an incredible biohacker. And we both felt that it might be useful for people, number one, to listen to a podcast from us on women's health, because that's really what we talk about the most, and to get to know us, to kind of get a sense of, hey, are these two people I'd even want to hang out with for five days and learn from for five days and play on the beach with for five days? So we've recorded this special episode both to share insight on women's health. So there's lots in this episode that has nothing to do with the retreat. And also to go a little bit deeper into what this five-day intensive is really going to be all about. And finally, to give you an opportunity to get to know us a little bit better. So if you're a woman, this is definitely targeting you. If you're a man and you have a woman in your life, well, this is maybe for her, but maybe you want to listen to it too and get a little bit more insight or see if maybe this retreat is something you want to suggest. So enjoy the episode. Like I said, this is an extra episode. You're still going to get your Tuesday episode next Tuesday. You would have gotten one this past Tuesday. This is just an extra episode. So enjoy it. If you get value from it, as always, please make sure to share it out with your friends, with your networks and beyond. And I really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for being here. And thank you for listening. And I hope to see some of you in Cabarete at the end of March. Hey folks, just a little bit of housekeeping before we launch into the episode. Please remember that all of the information provided in these podcasts is for information purposes only. We are never offering treatments, cures, whatever for any kind of disease or medical condition. Anything you hear about here is going to be intriguing. There's some research around it, but make sure that you check with your medical provider before you go off and do any of this stuff for yourself. All right. So enjoy the episode. And also if you're looking to connect with me for any reason, with your comments, questions, whatever it may be, you can reach me through my website, which is natnidham.com, or you can find me on Facebook in the Optimizing Superhuman Performance Group, or on MeWe in the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Group. And of course, you can also follow me on Instagram, which is at Natalie Nidham. Natalie is with an H between the T and the A, the second A. So thank you so much for being here. Appreciate you guys. Enjoy the episode. 
Hey folks, quick interruption to the episode to thank our sponsor, Drink HRW, who make rejuvenation tablets, which deliver 10 parts per million in 500 milliliters of water of hydrogen to your cells. That's the highest concentration of hydrogen of any other brand. I personally choose this product because this company invests in research. As a matter of fact, to date, they've invested in over 13 human clinical trials with more coming. So what are the benefits of hydrogen? Enhanced alertness, reduction in liver fat, improved aerobic fitness, improved muscle recovery. There was even a study on metabolic health that revealed that drink HRW tablets improved 18 of 20 metabolic markers. I personally use it first thing in the morning, and I will often use it at three o'clock in the afternoon as a little pick-me-up. So if you want to give this stuff a try, just go to drinkhrw.com forward slash superhuman, use discount code longevity to save 15% on your purchase. And now let's get back to the episode. Dasha, welcome to the podcast. It is a long overdue event between the two of us. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. So apparently we both got the white memo, as Dasha mentioned when uh, we first hopped on, except that I'm wearing a turtleneck cashmere long sleeve sweater and Dasha is sitting in her white tank top glowing sweat. Yeah, glowing, (laughs) glowing because she's in this beautiful, moist and tropical environment, whereas I'm sitting here spritzing my young goose sea peptide spray on my face to try and prevent myself from turning into a raisin from Mind you, I have that over here too. Yeah, We got to do what we got to do. I got to do whatever I can to keep looking young like you. That's right. Right. Well, yeah. Okay. So we'll just gloss over that one. So Dasha, you've just listened to my introduction about Dasha. So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask Dasha to introduce herself and tell us about you, where a little bit about your background and why you're doing what you're doing today. What brings you into the health optimization space, particularly the women's health optimization space? Sure. Oof. I will try and make it brief. Um, I think a lot of people have their own pain story. Uh, if they've come into this space, I had my own. Uh, my mom had thyroid cancer and breast cancer. I had an ulcer. I had brain injuries, six to be exact. Uh, and at some point I realized I had to take control of my own health because I didn't want to go down the path that my mom had. And I also had such a broken brain that I needed to take control of it. Mm-hmm. Right. So and what were you me, doing at the time? Like you weren't, you weren't in this space originally. What did you study when you were at school? Oh, no, no, no. I, I was a management consultant for- You're a business years. person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. So I was doing mergers and acquisitions, which is buying and selling of companies and flying halfway across the world. Um, really fun, in my opinion, uh, but long hours, lots of stress, a very male-dominated industry. Um, and I got a little tired of that also because of my own health and seeing how stressed out I was. Mm-hmm. And so I, instead of doing my MBA, I decided to go back and get my master's in neuroscience, which is when I had the last concussion. So funny. I always say that it was, I was studying the brain whilst I broke my brain. <laughs> um, wow. So for me, I think, I think a lot of people have had concussions and they may not realize they have, or, you know, they, you slip, 
you're you're shoveling your snow, you slip, you fall. You think oh. you just had a quick little bruise, think that it's that's it, that's the weekend, and I'll be fine. And lo and behold, two weeks later, you ha- you still have brain fog. Yeah. Well, I'm as a kid, I um I used to figure skate when I was young, and in those days, nobody wore helmets ever. And I remember a couple of times doing the sliding backwards and slamming the back of my head on the ice, like full force. (laughs) I'd be hard pressed to think that, you know, there wasn't some degree of concussion involved in those falls, but you know, nobody really thought about it in those days. We didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't a thing. Mm -mm. And And I'm glad, I mean, now it's becoming a lot more mainstream Will Smith, had was in a movie about concussions a lot of um u.s football players are talking about ctes which oh my is god yeah once you've had chronic kind of concussions over and over again i mean i had six but some of these footballers are getting one every single game and then over time obviously your brain is bruised and yeah. and and i think that the thing that a lot of folks don't realize is that if you've had a brain injury it's it's difficult to do what we would do with any other type of an injury. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is if you fall, if you slip and fall and you break your wrist, you immobilize your wrist. Right. Right. You put into a cast for six weeks and, and that's that, you know, you are healing, you are allowing your body to heal, but in order for your body to heal, it has to be immobilized. Mm-hmm. Now our brains are used in every single thing right now. I'm talking to you. My brain is digesting the food I ate. It's thinking about how to sit, how to breathe, how to comport myself. I mean, there's so many different things that are happening that I don't even think about. And so to shut off or to immobilize your brain is extremely difficult actually. Right. So, so for me, it was, I needed to, in order to help heal from the symptoms that I had, which was chronic depression, fatigue, headaches every single day. Um, I couldn't hold a conversation for more than 20 minutes, maybe even mm. 10 minutes at some points, uh, because I was just get too tired, just yeah. way too exhausted. Uh, and so many people have symptoms like this, but they brush it off right. and they'll say, I need to get back to work or I need to get back to living my life. And so they won't give their brain proper time to be as immobilized as much as possible in order to heal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's interesting. And I mean, I think concussion protocols vary. I mean, it goes from hyperbaric oxygen therapy, making sure that you're eating the right foods. Um, I know that photosensitivity can become a real thing, like sensitivity to light. Although I, I last I heard, because I know that like with my son, when he was in high school, there was a lot more kids at the time doing the kind of thing and younger people also are more prone to concussions because their brain, their head's not as developed, even their neck muscles. We talk about this here around hockey and football, like their, their musculature to support their head is not as developed as it even is in an adult, in an adult. Mm. Um, but a lot of those concussion protocols have evolved over time and sometimes don't, it, there's an active healing, but it's very deliberate and very intentional and it definitely doesn't involve sitting and watching TV or being on a computer or reading a book. No, no the, the one thing that we got right, because I mean, remember also, I went to 14 doctors in four different countries. Like I went hard with the doctors. I wow. tried the different specialists. I 
tried vestibular therapy. I tried osteopathy, craniosacral, different light therapy, different eye therapy. I mean, I, I went at it hard because I, I was so lost, yeah. <laughs> lost without a brain kind of. So the one thing that I would say is absolutely for sure. And, and if people are interested in learning more, if you, if you need any help, just reach out to me because for me, I didn't have the information available to me and I didn't know what I, I, I didn't know where to turn to. And yeah. when, you know, you go to the doctors and they say your, your labs are fine or your tests are fine, but you don't feel fine then that's, that's also a, a version of a test, right? Sure. So from the one thing that we got right all along was try and, and diminish lights. That for sure is a protocol that we've been saying through and through for decades. Mm-hmm. That also means computer screens. That also means TV screens. That means getting off the phone because the flicker and if you, if you don't believe that there's flicker and lights, you know, just take a video oh. with your iPhone. You and I have done this, right? Remember that I talked about it. Yeah. yeah I, I shot a video flicker on the video. Oh my God. I shot a video of making a smoothie in my Vitamix in my kitchen. And I think I showed it to you and all I could see was the flicker in my lights. I'm like, mm-hmm. holy jumping. Like, this is terrible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so for a concussion patient, that is an annoyance to the brain. That's just a, it's noise. Know, it's, 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 it's like noise. noise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like pinpricks almost. Um, and so, you know, get off the phones, change the lights, turn off any lights that are above, above your head. Right. Um, prioritize sleep, get the omega threes in, mm-hmm. look at uh, Michael Lewis's omega three protocol. Um, you know, sleep, sleep is a fantastic thing because that is the closest that our brains can get to being turned off. It's not right. where, you know, we aren't. Um, for me, hyperbaric, the hyperbaric chamber was a game changer, absolute game changer. Um, so if that's a, a possibility, then look, look into that talk. You know, I think you've interviewed Scott share on here as well. I have, he, yeah. his stuff is incredible. He, and, and a lot of it is also people think that hyperbaric, you have to do the hard chambers, but in reality, the softer chambers, the lower pressure. So we're talking the 1.3 ATA instead of the 1.5 and higher, they can be beneficial right? For a concussion patient. Um, Marijuana use is actually pretty good for concussions. So is psilocybin use, obviously, you know, with direction and and things like that. But it's nice to see that we are, are becoming more advanced in some of these things that we can do for our brains. Um, But yeah, I I digress a little bit in terms of my story. Yeah, that's okay. So Um, brain health caused or the lack of a brain health, I guess, um, because I was so stressed and because I didn't know what was happening, it caused the balance to be disrupted within my HPAI axis, um, hypothalamus, pituitary adrenals, and my hormones to go off, off the charts. Mm. Right. So that's when I started looking more into hormones, looking into more female health, looking up, up the chain to, thyroid. Now, if you remember in the beginning, I was saying that my mom had 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 thyroid cancer, had had breast cancer. So for me, that's where it started linking and saying, all right, wait, I really need to start thinking about health, not just as health overall, but start to say, okay, what is the distinction between me and others? And that is how I view the world. Mm -hmm. And our hormones are the things that 
kind of show us how we view the world, right? Hormones are not just the sex hormones. They're, so you have the sex hormones, obviously, which is a big part of life. Um, uh, but we also have satiety hormones. We have leptin, we have ghrelin, we have melatonin. We have, you know, the things on whether we're sleepy, whether we're awake, whether we're excited or exhausted, um, mm-hmm. whether our cortisol is on, is on par or is on point, right? Whether we're feeling, I mean, the emotional roller coaster that we also see people going through because of hormones or rather a lack of balanced hormones is quite intense too. Yes. So I'm sure that, I mean, I'm sure a lot of your listeners have, have thought about um, hormones, but if not, and if any of those symptoms are, are coming up, it might be worthwhile looking into it. For sure. For sure. So, so yeah, so you had your brain injuries, you went back to school, you did advanced studies as neurophysiology, which is what everybody does who gets a concussion. Of course, they go back no, to no. school. So I was doing my master's in neuroscience while I got the last brain injury. So I had to stop the program, unfortunately. Okay. Um, All right. Just to be clear, because I don't want anybody, um, I don't, you know, misinterpreting. <laughs> okay. So in any event, and fast forward to... I don't know how many years ago it is that I first started to see, well, the first time I ever heard of you, you were organizing the, I don't, can't remember what it was called. Was it the biohacking summit in London? And that Mm -hmm. was the first time the name Dasha Maximov kind of hit my radar. I was like, who is this (laughs) Dasha woman? Um, And you were organizing the, the biohacking summit in London and then the next thing I heard was this company Wealthco, which mm-hmm. is which is your brand still and very much devoted to women's health and mm-hmm. women's health optimization. And so why don't you take us along that path? So you had your final brain injury, you had to, you know, heal your brain, the whole nine yards. This opens your eyes. You somehow decide that you're going to organized this massive biohacking conference <laughs> in, in Europe, which is like super amazing. And then you, I think after that, you were maybe coming out of that, or maybe it was simultaneously is where you really kind of pick this direction of women's health optimization. Yeah. I, yeah. Is that? Yeah, that's exactly it. I, so the, the summit in London was fantastic. It was it was I. I mean, eye-opening to see this biohacking and health optimization space. It was beautiful. I mean, so many alternative health practitioners, people who are interested in it, people who are finally saying, "I'm not necessarily going to believe the folks in the white lab coats. I want to. I want to know for myself." Right. Mm-hmm. This N of one idea, and it was 1,500 people. We had 40 speakers, 50 exhibitors. I mean, it was two days. It was incredible. It was incredible, and yet. We had three women as speakers hmm. and none of them spoke to female health. Yeah. And so I started looking more into that and there's, there's more details in the story, but fast forward, WealthCo stands for Women's Health Community. And the intention and the idea here is how do we as women come together to learn more about ourselves as kind of women's physiology and via wearables, via data that we're collecting through all of the stuff that we all have yeah, and be able to have a, a space that's science backed, evidence backed, right? This is not just, oh, I heard this works for this. No. Have you tried it? Show me the data. 
Mm -hmm. right? Show Mm -hmm. me what works for you. And I think it's, it's a brilliant time for this because just, just a little bit of like a history lesson, right? In 1977, right? 1977. It's a while back. (laughs) The FDA had a policy that excluded women of childbearing age from clinical trials. Right. Interesting. Well, I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, a researcher's worst nightmare are things that he can't control are are things they can't control. Yep. Women's hormones are notoriously. (laughs) Exactly. So, so I don't fault any of this, right. I don't fault any of this. It's just something to say in terms of women's science. So we're all on the same page, right. The 1977 women of childbearing age, not allowed in studies. Right. So that means that most of the studies that were done on breast cancer prior to, you know, around the 1970s, 1980s would not have included women. What were they fun, done on? Matt? Fun fact, like right? Mice? On men. What? They still have breast cancer in men. Well, I guess, but. <laughs> Correct. So it starts, you know, this is where the story starts to get interesting, starts to unravel, right? Same thing, women were not included in the pharmaceutical drugs, the drug trials for things like Ambien, mm-hmm. right? So if you look back on the history of Ambien, for example, we see that we as women, we digest, we metabolize things slower. Our liver digests it slower. So in the 1990s, there was a huge scandal showing that women still had Ambien in their system at eight in the morning, the following morning after taking it, right? And they were falling asleep at the wheel. Wow. And so the court case had to show and had to say, okay, you know what? Cut that in half, women, <laughs> because we did not include you as part of the phase two, three, four clinical trials about this drug, right? So then for, you know, moving forward in the 1980s, they finally established a policy saying that we encourage researchers to include women in their studies. And then finally in 1993, they said, you must, right? Okay. So you must. So 1993, we're now in 2022, right? So it's not that far, far back. But I think for me, what I love about this space and this area of, of women's health, women's health optimization, women's biohacking, femtech, right, is that now we finally are in a good place and a good time when we've got the interest of people who can invest in some of these companies, right? We've got the communities like WealthCo around and available to say, hey, look here, try this. We've got people saying uh, and backing it up with data that they finally mm-hmm. have. Because again, also the first, the first um, kind of data that we saw on women for HRV was I think in 2018. Wow. That's right? recent history. Yeah, no That's kidding. Really recent. So it's, it's a beautiful time, I think, right now to see how uh, women are supporting each other, right? In things like, like what we're doing. Um, there's so many others out there as well. Um, and then companies are coming and saying, yeah, actually, this is really curious. This is really interesting. We want to know how fasting is impacting you if you're premenopausal, postmenopausal, mm-hmm. if, you know, should you be fasting if you're trying to get pregnant yeah. or if you're, or if you're breastfeeding, Mm-hmm. All of these types of things, whereas before we were too, air quotes, <laughs> complicated yeah. uh, to, to study us. Now, because we have enough N of one data sets, we can start aggregating those and saying, huh, this is what we're seeing. Nice. 
Yeah, I love it. And I love the piece about, you know, how we now we're now seeing women in positions of authority in the space as well. So an increasing number of women authors, doctors, researchers um, in this space who are really kind of picking up the, the mantle, if you will, and and leading the charge on a lot of these issues, whether it's, to your point, hormone balance or nutrition science or supplementation or, you know, and in the biohacking space, which is the space that we're both in. And, you know, everybody has, we're start, people are having a complicated relationship with the word biohacking. I kind of love it, hate it, hate <laughs> it, love it. And I had a conversation with someone about it yesterday and what we decided is there's nothing wrong with the word. It's just all about how we frame it and how we define it for ourselves. And certainly maybe in its first iteration, biohacking may have meant having implants put into, you know, kind of bionic man, bionic woman kind of type of stuff. But what biohacking to me has really come to mean, and, and especially as a woman is this, it's kind of like the study of, what can what what is the effect of the things that I do on my personal health performance and physiology and the biohacking? Yeah, it's a bit of a masculine word, but what it does is it's we can use it as an empowering thing to really say this is us grabbing hold and grabbing the power of what we can do for ourselves and moving forward with that and taking in all of these sources of information, because I think that it's important not to throw out the baby with the bathwater here. We don't want to completely dismiss conventional medicine. There's been a lot of good work done there. There's been a lot of good research, but now bringing it together with other sources of information, other areas like the more alternative side or whatever the case may be, bringing this all together and putting ourselves in the driver's seat and using these wearables that we now have, which is another big piece of the puzzle that maybe didn't exist 10 or 15 years ago, whether it's your aura ring or your bio strap, these, these like really like for less than $300, you have these little tiny computers on your body that can measure your heart rate variability and your heart rate and your sleep and how much oxygen is in your blood and all of these incredible metrics that allow you to start to quantify what is the effect of XYZ on me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and I think it's, I think it's funny because I have this conversation so often about the term biohacking <laughs> and how it's a very male oriented or male dominated industry, which it historically has been. Yeah. But if you really think about it, biohacking is about using information that's presented to you about your health and then based on that information, tweaking it. Yeah. That what do we have that comes every month that gives us information? <laughs> <laughs> that's it. I mean, let's be, let's be really clear here. The menstrual cycle is a monthly report card that mm. we as women have. That is a form of a test. It's a laboratory test to some extent, right? It is a, maybe not laboratory test, but it is a test that you, that your body naturally produces, which men do not produce <laughs> guys, you know, you're not so lucky. <laughs> if, we start, if we start shifting our mindsets to start thinking about 
this icky, strange, weird, gross, painful thing as as a sign, as symptoms of what's going on in my body. If you're not having a period, now again, this is for women who are not on on birth control or or, or are still cycling as well, right? Um, for those women, having a cycle is a form of health. That is telling you that your body, not, I mean, we as women, our bodies are made to procreate, full stop, right? We have that biological capability. We should have that biological capability. If we don't, that is a sign that our body is saying, this atmosphere around us is not safe. Yeah. It's not safe to create a child. It's not safe for you. There's not going to be enough food resources for you to feed said child Mm -hmm. or you're too stressed out. Right. So it's, it, it, at times I, you know, I, I, I get very much into the data, but also let's pull back and think, what is it that our bodies, which are innately brilliant, what are they telling us if we are not having a cycle? Mm-hmm. And so many women are saying, oh, my cycle is spotty or it does not come on time. Or I, I don't, I didn't even know that there were four phases to my cycle. Right. Right. So when we start talking about biohacking for women, my first question is for those women who are of a cycling age is, do you know what day of the month you're on? Mm-hmm. Because that is going to tell me so much information, so much beautiful information It's going to tell me, you know, ah, okay, that brain fog that you're feeling, maybe that has nothing to do with XYZ reasons that you've read on WebMD, but it might just be your hormones, right? Which are completely cycling and properly cycling, right? Our hormones are completely changing every single week of the month. For sure. So we, we, we should feel different every week. Unlike men where, you know, we know so many men that, that can eat the exact same thing for a month straight. And that is it. And they have no problems with that. They're so happy. (laughs) They're happy. They're happy. We, as women, we probably won't be as happy and our bodies will not be as happy. Yeah. No, women's nutrition to change it over the course of the month is to allow. And, you know, so many of these, so many women have been kind of, I mean, we've been told this is the way you need to eat. And over the last number of years, it's been, you know, nutrition, (laughs) nutrition advice has very much gone the way of low carb, ketogenic, Mm -hmm. that whole world. And you have legions of poor women the week before their menstrual cycle brawling with themselves because all their body really needs is a little extra carb so that they can make the hormones that they need so that they can respond to, you know, kind of ride the curve of, of their cycle. And that's being withdrawn from them. And yet you need to be building, eating squash and progesterone, building, building foods. Exactly. Exactly. Then then you're not setting your body up for the things like you're not giving it the building blocks to actually then have the rest of the cycle be correct. Exactly. Yeah. So Dr. Mindy Peltz talks a lot about um, fasting for women and foods eat every single week. If you are, if you are cycling and it's just brilliant, it's absolutely brilliant. You know, we, as women, she talks about how, if you want to do the longer term fast, fab, fantastic, but don't be pushing yourself unnecessarily to be doing these fasts to keep up with the boys. Well, and pick your time. Because we right. should be picking our time. Yeah, exactly. There's a time pick and a place. Those. Yep. Every week is, you know, it's not 
it's not every week that you should be doing the long-term fasts. It's, and for me, for example, I was pushing myself like crazy and it was an, it was an egoic thing of, I can keep up. I can do this. Look yeah. at me. I can do this. I'm tough. In reality, my body was saying, why are you doing this to me? Let me be. And it's interesting because we are seeing so many things like Hashimoto's and thyroid problems, right? And it's because we are too stressed as women. Mm-hmm. We are taking on too much stress and that works its way up. And that ultimately ends up in us having thyroid problems. A lot, a lot of the thyroid problems are, dealt, are caused by that. Right. Yeah. Well, and or, you know, coming together with autoimmune issues. So yep. imbalances in the immune system, imbalance in the gut microbiome, which can lead to imbalance in the immune system. I mean, you which know, stress the- leads to, to gut microbiome problems. So exactly. if we're overstressed, if we're trying to be all to all things. There's a book called Rushing Woman Syndrome, which I keep on telling you about, <laughs> which I think so many people need to read because it's what we are. We are all rushing around trying to be everything to everybody. Yeah. Rushing Women Syndrome. Not to be confused with Russian Women Syndrome. No. No, not, not the Ruskies. No. So, (laughs) all right. So as women pay attention to our hormones, nutrition needs to be built in as well. And, you know, I think what the, what's, what's interesting about women also is that at different times of our life, when we have different priorities, we have different needs. And for us as women to, to kind of get our heads around that and understand that at my age now, so I'm way beyond menopause, um, what my body needs and the best way to nourish my body is not necessarily the same as it was before menopause or when I was, when I was pregnant with my son or in those reproductive years, like I think, and, and so often like there's such, we leave it out. Like there, there's just a lack of information and women too often go through menopause and it's like, they wake up one morning and they look down and they don't recognize themselves anymore mm-hmm. because there was very little guidance provided to them to help them to understand here are the changes that are happening again, yet again, because we're, we're chameleons, right? So here are the changes that are happening in your body, in your hormones, that is going to affect your ability to, process certain foods, your need for other foods, whatever the case may be. And here are the changes you can make to kind of smooth the ride. And Mm. so I think that again, like the sisterhood of women is, and it's not that men can't participate, but ultimately as women, we are best positioned to help each other and walk with each other on these Mm. paths and share this information so that we can just make it easier for everybody around us. And so um, definitely the whole idea of hormone balancing before menopause, hormone balancing through perimenopause. So now this becomes the transition, which for some people is really easy and other people becomes, it's like a complete nightmare. Mm -hmm. Um, And all of it can always be improved with relatively easy interventions. And sometimes you need to get more aggressive. It just depends on the person and how you're going in. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But once you come out the other side, now we're in a whole other realm. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I look up to women like you and to other women who I see have kind of crossed that across into that next phase of life. And I look forward to that. I have to say, 
Whereas I think your guys' generation may not have looked forward to it as much as we can, as we did, because I see women in their fifties with energy, with vitality, with good skin, with, you know, going strong versus the old school. <laughs> there was an Instagram post somewhere of uh, this is women in the fifties for, you know, when I was growing up and then this has been the women in the fifties now. And the two pictures they had side by side were the, the girl, the gals from golden girls. Yeah. Right. They were the same a same age as Sarah Jessica Parker and her ladies in Sex and the City, the remake, just just recently. Right. They were both mm-hmm. in their late the late fifties, early sixties. It's like this are our what we're seeing of women is changing, and it's not all Botox related, right? It's no. it's also it's also seeing hey no, I have the power to change the signs and the symptom, the signs that I'm giving my body, the foods that I'm eating, how I'm working out, whether I'm incorporating these things, you know? And I think, thank you for bringing up the idea of this sisterhood, because I think that that is so critical when we talk about health, Mm -hmm. so critical about the journey, because it's not this one and done, like today I'm unhealthy and tomorrow I'm healthy. Boom. Right. No, it, it's a journey and, and having friends along the way who see you in your dumps, who see you when you're down, who see you when that peptide went wrong or this happened or whatever it is. Right. It's like, yeah, you know, it's, it's going to be sometimes three steps forward and 10 steps back and that's going to be fine. Right. And there's a book, it's not a health book, but it's just a lovely read. Um, It's called the red tent. Oh it's God, I Anita, love that book. <laughs> right? That Anita book. Diamante, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. I read it a long time ago. It's great book. It, but I, it's just beautiful. It's just, it's in a nutshell, it's very much worth the read. But the, the, the point that I want to make about it is that way back when, when we were in tribes, women's cycles would sink, right? Mm-hmm. And because the cycles would sink, then all the women would be banished (laughs) to to a tent and they would say okay for that week you're all dirty or whatever go off and you women will be there together that part I don't like so much but what I like about it is that the women all sat together and in that three four or five days whatever seven days it was those women got to be just with themselves sharing stories telling the things that their husbands couldn't know or the the men weren't allowed to you know they couldn't talk about that right right that and I love that I feel like we've kind of come full circle back to that now wherein I feel comfortable asking my elders around me or asking people who have gone through what I'm going to go through they're like hey this sounds gross but what do you think about this did you Mm -hmm. have this experience what what experience did you have right what are things that you wish you knew and opening that dialogue up so that we're not just necessarily learning from, you know, from the studies of, yeah, that were done way back when, not on women, right. And we weren't learning from those studies, but we're learning from each other because you're the ones that actually have good information for me. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, so bringing together this, this amalgamation of both, scientific information, clinical studies, and the personal experience, I think mm-hmm. is where, it, you know, it's, it's, it's where you humanize 
the science, mm-hmm. right? And so a lot of the work that I do with people and whether it's women and I also work with men, but a lot of the work I will do with women is around this whole idea of longevity mm-hmm. and where we're talking about health span and we're talking about um, how do we remain, maintain this vitality? And this is already baked into our society at this point, right? Our expectation now is that as 60 year olds, we're going to be still live, we're moving into a next phase of life. If we've had children, they're growing up and we're not just dying on the vine here, sliding away. We're now taking on whether it's a new career or we're taking on a new activity or we're going to start traveling or we're going to start contributing to the world in a different way. Like one of my friends retired. I don't she's not I maybe she's 55, but Mm -hmm. she's not sitting around eating bonbons and planning her next lunch like she's learned, gone back to school and learned about investing and she's mentoring young businesswomen and she's sitting on a board and she's doing all these amazing things and she's traveling. And so what we know that we want to open up in the world and what this where the health coaching space and our health optimization is moving into is owning our health so Mm -hmm. that as we move through these decades, we're doing it with vitality and with energy. And we're able to really capitalize on all the work we've done, all Mm -hmm. the dues we've paid along the way Mm -hmm. and really build on that moving forward. Yeah. And making it fun too, right? Yeah. Like how much of health has been scary or oh, I can't do this when in reality, it can be quite fun. That's what, uh, that's why I love talking to you now. You always make it fun. <laughs> but you know, and I think it's a little bit of what you said earlier, even about women's cycle, right? Mm-hmm. If we embrace it and we look at it as a, as a gift, as opposed to the curse, mm-hmm. right? mm-hmm. that's, that's what it's been called. It's, it's about perspective. Mm-hmm. It's a different thing. And so if we look into our coming decades as gifts, like, oh my God, I get to go through my fifties and I get to go through my sixties and what am I going to accomplish now? And what am I going to do now? I spoke to a woman today. I did a consult with her. She's 60 years old. You never would have pegged her as a 60 year old and she's playing competitive tennis and she's doing all these amazing things. And her doctor saying to her, you know, you're just doing too much. Your knee hurts because you're just, you're overdoing it. Like you need, you're 60 years old. You need to chill out. And she's like, dude, if I stop moving, I'm just going to hurt more. And she's bang on. I mean, we have to get smart about what we do and how we do it. Hey folks, just a quick second to thank our sponsor for this episode, Oxford HealthSpan, who make Primadine, the only spermidine supplement that I personally use and recommend to my clients and family. Spermidine has earned a permanent spot on my longevity stack. It has been shown to positively affect six of the nine hallmarks of aging, including protection of DNA, as well as proper folding of proteins. That's just two of the six. In terms of visible results that people can expect to see after just one to three months, many users report better sleep, better hair, as well as better skin and nails. I choose Primadine because it is the only spermidine supplement on the market that is free of any additives or excipients while including a prebiotic to feed your own gut bacteria to make more of your own spermidine. To try Primadine for yourself, just go to primadine.com and use discount code BIONAT15 
15 to save 15% off your purchase. And now let's get back to the episode. From a longevity standpoint, Ayurveda has always said that up until our 80s, we should have full range of motion, right? Yeah. Completely. So if you're seeing the video, it's I'm waving my arms around, right? That's what we're talking about. So these hip replacements, these, you know, not being able to have a full range is part and parcel of our sedentary lifestyle. Mm -hmm. We should not, we should be able to hack that, if you will. Right. Yeah. And so I think, you know, I just want to come back for a second, because I assume that most of your readers, your listeners are also maybe half, half men, or I just want to call out that little bit, because this is, this is how we can help other women biohack, right? Which is if the cycle, if we start looking at it as this snapshot, right? A report card every single month, then you as men, if you're listening and you're a man, how can you support women, right? And I would say the first thing is see, start the conversation with your partner about whether they need to be on the pill or not. Because mm-hmm. when we start talking about the pill, um, it is a band-aid on our hormones. Dr. Sarah, Sarah Hill, PhD, she's not a doctor, she's a, she's a researcher. She wrote a book, um, Birth Control in the Brain. Um, I interviewed her on my podcast and she's amazing. And she talked a lot about, about the science behind the birth control pill, right? Really interesting stuff that, that we sh- should be aware of. And as a partner, mm-hmm. this influences things. This influences our MHCs. MHCH genes, I believe it is. Um, it influences our whether we're attracted to our partner or not. It influences our emotions. It influences our sense of smell, mm-hmm. our sense of taste, right? It completely influences how we experience life. Yeah. And so if we're really starting to, if we really want to get serious about, about health optimization, then we've got to, we've got to, we've got to really look at whether we need to be on this pill. Or whether we need mm-hmm. to be taking external contraceptive, external hormones into our bodies, because these hormones are these signaling molecules that really tell us how how we are living our life, or like the quality of our life, the, the vibrancy of our life, right? Um, Dr. Sarah she, or Sarah Hill, excuse me, I keep on calling her doctor, but mm-hmm. Sarah Hill PhD, she um, she mentioned how when she she went off the pill, colors starting to started to be more vibrant. Mm-hmm. music started to be become more interesting to her right so think about that think about how that is that is the quality of your life right yeah. so i think when i i hear a lot you know clients and, and friends they come to me and they say yeah but i need to be on the pill because fill in the blank mm-hmm. right pcos endometriosis i have um hair on my on my skin my face my nipples um or i have a very bad period etc cetera, etc cetera. there's so many reasons in quotes, right? The pill is always going to be a band-aid. Yeah, no, for sure. Because these are all inherently hormonal imbalances. It's just become for too, for too often, it's become just the easy solution. And what I think is very difficult is how easily it's being handed out to very young girls Mm -hmm. as the solution to their acne or their cramps. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, you know, the work is not being done to help them to figure out how to balance their hormones and support their liver and do all change their nutrition. Yeah, it is more work and it does take some effort, but what better time to start learning about how to take care of your body Mm -hmm. than when you're a teenager and you start to 
to experience a cycle. The difficulty, I think, I think the difficulty now is you have children starting a menstrual cycle, which is a whole other conversation for another yeah. time. Um, and I think what's interesting too is a lot of times when a, when a girl goes through puberty and that the first two years of her cycle can be quite spotty. They can, it's the androgen in your bodies are, the androgens in your body are changing. Um, it's puberty, right? It's tumultuous. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so if a girl comes in and she says, oh, my cycle is very, very painful, mm-hmm. then sometimes people can get misdiagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome, PCOS, right. because one of the, the block, kind of the check marks of whether you have PCOS or not is an, an, a, a review of your androgens. Mm-hmm. And so funny enough, you're going to have high androgens for a little bit when your cycle is just starting, but then it's going to level off if we allow nature to do its, its thing, right? But you come in right off the bat, you see high androgens, you say, oh, 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 she has PCOS. And then bam, a young girl who's 13 is put onto the pill mm-hmm. and she's on the pill for 20 years, let's say, yeah. right? And then decides that she wants to have a child. Well, her body for 20 years, since age 13, up until let's say again, you know, 33 for 20 years, her body has had that bandaid on it. Yeah. And women's brains continue to evolve until around age 23, 23, 25. Right. So think about how your hormones from age 13 to 23, they're changing the brain chemistry. Yeah. And estrogen is a huge brain hormone, which we don't, we often don't talk about, but any woman going through menopause can tell you, Mm. right. Menopause brain is a thing because as you lose estrogen, your ability to think and remember starts to tank. (laughs) So, Mm. um, so, you know, it's, it's at all these different touch points. Right. Um, but I guess in my practice, and I think in your, in the work that you do as well, we tend to focus, certainly I tend to focus more my energies on women that are generally over the age of 40. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where women are moving into this period of life where they're looking ahead. And, and interestingly, there's a lot less, there's some apprehension around menopause, but there's now, as we gain more understanding, there's less fear hmm. around it, which I think is going, is going to help manage the transition for people. And as more physicians come on board as well, in terms of really putting their arms around women and walking with them and choosing with them, what's the best way for them to manage this next stage of their life. In some cases, it will be bioidentical hormone therapy. In others, they may choose not to for any number of reasons, whether it's personal reasons or health reasons or a history of cancer, whatever the case may be. But you know, learning to kind of manage this next phase and then digging into the optimization piece of it because once we can get you to a more stable place, to a place of homeostasis, as it were, um, is that's the springboard that we use to move into a state of optimization. And we can do that whether you're in a postmenopause state or perimenopause state or in your cycling years. It's mm-hmm. just going to always, it's going to look a little bit different because your toolkit's going to be a little different because your landscape is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the best time is to start early, right? I mean, my 
my again my mom she was an executive she's still alive she's she was an executive she was stressed she was a mom of of two she she did it all right mm-hmm. and had she started looking at her health early kind of around my age or even earlier then she her her history her future probably would have been been different right For sure. and just like i look at you i mean you've been on the health train since your 20s right and so when we're talking about your, your chronological age versus your biological age there's a reason for that because you started many of these practices early mm-hmm. right so if we not to say that you can't reverse it you surely can and i, I know that you and i are going to talk about that in our in our retreats but um but it is always better to start early right? well the, for sure i mean the earlier you start the better and today is the youngest you're ever going to be again. There you go. So there you go. it's never, <laughs> it's never, I, you know, I just want people to know, like, it's never too late to start. Mm-hmm. It's of course, never feel that it's, it's better not to sit there at the age of 30 and say, Oh, I got lots of time. I'm just going to mm-hmm. do whatever I want to do now. I'll burn the candle at both ends. I'll worry about it later. Understand and know that disease builds over decades. It mm-hmm. doesn't, you don't get a memo from your, body saying, oh, you know, this thing that you're doing, well, 20 years down the road, here's what's going to happen. The cool thing about the human body is how resourceful it is and how it can manage with a really crappy set of circumstances. It will continue to function. The problem is that as it continues to function in suboptimal conditions, whether it's poor nutrition, excess stress, chronic stress, as you were talking about, um, not enough sleep, whatever, whatever the case may be, there's deficits that are building up. And eventually those deficits add up and show up is as whether it's, God forbid, some kind of cancer or autoimmune disease or thyroid imbalance or hormone imbalance or whatever the case may be. So definitely helping people to understand that everything that you do today, whatever your today is, right? If your today is your 30 day, your, your 30th year, if today is your 40th or your 50th or your 60th year is going to impact your future. So the older we get, the later we start, the more we're going to have to spend maybe some more time and energy unraveling some of the damage that we've done before. But the good news is that we have so many of these tools now mm-hmm. and it is possible to turn the clock back in many ways on, I mean, as much as the body is resilient, it can be forgiving mm-hmm. and it can repair itself. We just mm-hmm. have to figure out ways to enable that to happen and to kind of get out of the way and how to support our body. And I think that, you know, as I, as I'm talking about this, this is also a big piece of biohacking, right? A big piece of biohacking is understanding your body, understanding where it is today, which may not be where you hoped you would be today, but understanding enough to say, okay, but we can turn the clock back here. We can repair, we can help the body to repair the damage and get ourselves back into a better place to move forward from. Mm. There is a quote, um, the body whispers before it screams. Right. Yeah. And, and I I love it because it's exactly what you just said, right? If you, if you are more in tune 
you start quieting down and saying, Hey, where is my body whispering right now? Yeah. For me, the first whisper was when I had an ulcer, a stress related ulcer when I was 24. That's a pretty serious whisper, pretty big whisper, (laughs) pretty big whisper. And I mean, how many of us have that? Oh, that's, that's a knee pain I've had for years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. let's, Let's do something about it today then. Yeah. Or, or the, the, you're just getting old. Oh, you're getting older. Of course you're going to hurt. No, no, actually, no, not. Um, And before you got that ulcer, I'm sure you had plenty of stomach aches. I'm sure you had plenty of gastric distress. I think you had plenty of signs, unfortunately, but you were in that world where you were just pushing and pushing and pushing through and our nature, so many of us, and, and I'll say women, but frankly, even men, like Mm -hmm. we live in a very, we live in a society where for the most part, we're taught to push through discomfort and there is value in that. It can Mm -hmm. sometimes get you to really great place. Like for example, stepping into a tub of ice cold water that is pushing through discomfort, but there's a point where you're doing yourself harm and learning to understand where those lines are and the value of, we'll bring in another term, hormetic stress, which is a stressor that it's that whole, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. It's just enough of a stress to cause a response in the body that is going to benefit you on the other side, but not enough to put you in a place of harm. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you the, know, yeah. The way I like to think about it is there is a difference between grit. Yes. And resilience. And I've uh, one of the things that I've been really interested in the past couple of years is this idea of resilience. Um, I've done a number of different workshops. I'll be kind of talking more about it. But when we think about people are always like, oh, just grin and bear it. Grin and bear it. Let's go. Right. And that's good to a point, like what you just said. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just want to even read two different definitions because I think it's worthwhile, right? Yeah. Grit is the tendency to sustain interest in and effort toward very long-term goals. So I have, you know, the desire to get a PhD. Okay. I'm going to have the grit because I see that end goal. I want to get there. I have the grit and the tenacity and the ability to say, yep, I'm, I'm going for that. Or I want to be a CEO. Yes, that's my goal. I want to get there, right? So it's that end-term goal. Resilience, on the other hand, is the process of adapting well in the face of adversity, trauma, tragedy, threats, or significant sources of stress, such as family and relationship problems, serious health problems, or workplace and financial stressors. So kind of like life. <laughs> and that's from the American yeah, yeah, psycho, uh, Psychological Association. Yeah. So resilience is, can you bounce back? Yeah. Right? It's yeah. the ability to be that rubber band and go bing, bing, and, and come back to it. Right? And I think it's, it's worthwhile to talk about because right now we're all under stress. <laughs> I mean, how much kava is everybody drinking? Right? You're drinking yeah. it. I'm drinking it. How many peptides? You know, all these things to help us be or, or adaptogens, right? Be less stressed. Mm-hmm. But the question becomes, how do we take on, how do we see stress come at us and say, okay, great. I see you. You're going to come. I'm going to wipe it off. I'm going to not let it stick to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to continue forward. 
Yeah. I'm going to have the ability to say, yeah, okay. That was, that was a bit stressful. I got through it. Kudos. And on, and on we go. Right. And I think when we're talking about resilience, I, and it's not a man versus woman thing, right. But women seem to see when a lot of women seem to have this, this resiliency of moving forward, because there is, there's emotional resiliency, there's mental resiliency, there's physical resiliency, right. There's different types of resiliency and there's different tools that you can even start kind of bringing into your toolkit to, to help you grow your resiliency. Cause it's a muscle. Yeah. It's a muscle, right. Sure. Um, you're able to say, yeah, I wasn't as resilient a couple of years ago, but now I am, now I can handle this. Right. Mm-hmm. Many, many women that I speak to who all of a sudden the past two years have, have become stay at home working moms. Like, wow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Two years ago, I never would have thought that I could have handled my two year children at home and had a full-time job and had, and be able to, you know, still do the, the duties at home, for example. And now they're running around. It's like, yeah, this is a new normal. They're perfectly fine doing it. Yeah. Right? But let's be clear. It's taking a chunk out of people for sure. I mean, oh, for sure. it's, I think for part sure. of it is we don't know what we're capable of until we're put up against it. Yeah. Um, but you know, the, the, I love the, that you brought in the resiliency and the grit because to some degree we need both. We need a balance mm-hmm. between those two qualities um, to get us to where we want to go, whatever it may be. Grit yeah. being the ability to have that tenacity, but at some level you also need resilience at the same time, because when we look into nature, the tree that lasts the longest is going to be the one that's able to bend and go with the wind, as opposed to the one that's much more rigid. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it is the engine resilience is the oil. Nice. Right. Nice. Like that. You need an oil change every once in a while. You need to go and take a vacation. You need to turn off. You need to, you know, go and blow off steam, whatever that means for you. That is an amazing segue. Miss Dasha, we all need an oil change. I think it's time for an oil change after the last two years um, that we've all been through it's time for a reboot and an oil change. And so one of the things I'm most excited about, one of the projects I'm most excited about that I'm taking on in 2022 is co-hosting a retreat with you in the Dominican Republic um, for women. And I, you know, I think that the idea of taking people away, moving them into a space where the environment is beautiful, the environment is tropical and deep diving into everything that we've been talking about, but more so personalized to each person that comes, that shows up for us, Um, going into things like biological age testing, which we touched on earlier, this idea that the body might be aging either faster or slower than our chronological age, digging into people's genetics so that we can really get a snapshot of what is it that you need? What is it that might work best for you? Looking at that biological age in terms of what's your rate of aging, not as a judgment in any way, just getting a handle on what are the things that, what are the areas we really have to focus on for you to help you kind of get yourself to the next level and taking that five days, making it experiential, um, create having physical movement be a part of it, the nutrition be a part of it, the discussion, the connection with other women. 
I'm going to let you talk a bit, but I mean, I think what we've done is we've created this, this five day event that we have opened up to 11 women to come and join us and really kind of deep dive into a lot of this stuff and more things that we haven't even touched on in this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I think when I did the summit and when I've gone to all these conferences and you and I have become conference buddies to some extent, Yeah, (laughs) it's amazing, right? It's super fun. And the reason is because we get in-person interaction, right? We get to try a bunch of these products that we've heard about on podcast, mm-hmm. on Instagram and all that. Um, but it's exhausting and it's not personalized, right? Many times these conferences, you walk away and you're overwhelmed. You're like, where do I start? What I just bought, I bought a lot of things. What do I do? Yeah. Right. And so I think when, when I was transitioning WealthCo, because WealthCo was an online uh, platform. It was kind of similar to your Facebook group, right? Where we answered a lot of people's questions and it was great. Um, but it, to me, it didn't move the needle enough for women's mm-hmm. health because many times people don't need to know necessarily just the new supplement. They need community to support them yeah. and they needed. And, and in, in my case, the online community wasn't enough right? It wasn't, it wasn't enough to, to continuously really feel like I had friends in this space. And that was some of the feedback that I got. So it's saying, okay, let's, let's come together. Let's retreat. Let's retreat away from, from our busy lifestyles, from the, you know, the things that we know we shouldn't have in the kitchen cabinet, from the stressors of, of being a mom, a wife, a daughter, fill in the blank. Yeah. Let's come together. Let's focus on one thing and on one thing only. And that's on your health. Yeah, that's it. Right. And when I was, I remember when I was, I apprenticed at an Ayurvedic hospital in India. One of the main things that we always, we said was, please do as much as you possibly can to be here, be here for, because it was three weeks that you had to take, that we took patients in. That was minimum three weeks. We said for those three weeks, your body is focusing on one thing and on one thing only, and that's on healing. And so in this modern society, we know that we can't do three weeks in this case, right? (laughs) And it's not a hospital and we are not, um, you know, we are not giving medical advice, but we are saying, hey, come for these five days. And for these five days, put away the laptop, put away the phone, stop calling the kids, stop doing as much as you possibly can and focus on you. Mm -hmm. Because if you fill your cup, then you can come back home and you can fill it for everybody else right? You have all this new information and you can say, Hey, I now know more about these foods that we might not need to be eating, right? Here's a substitute of what we can cook. Right. And so, um, each of these retreats, you're going to lead the first one, which I'm super jazzed about. We have others that are coming up as well. And so the idea here is that, you know, each retreat, and in our case, the one that we're leading together is about longevity and resilience. And so it's tailored to those topics, right? Mm -hmm. So each day we're going to have different workshops talking about longevity and resilience. We'll be talking about, and we have a theme for every single day, right? So each day um, I'll just list it off. Um, So Friday you arrive, Saturday we talk about nutrition and supplements. Sunday is resilience for sleep and stress management. Monday is physical beauty inside and out. Tuesday is biohacking 201 and turning back the clock. And we will obviously talk about peptides there. Um, 
And then, and then that integration in your continued health journey, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the ideas that I love that you came up with during this whole thing, right? Nat is full of ideas. And I, I, it's like every single time I chat with her about these retreats, she's like, can we do this? Let's do this. How about this? How about this? <laughs> and one of, one of them was, um, let's have time for Mythbusters. Mm-hmm right? Because there's so much misinformation out there. And not only is there misinformation in general, but misinformation for women. Yeah. (laughs) So we have time set aside just for questions, which alone is huge because so many people want to work with both of us and they want to have that time to say, Hey, I read this on, on fill in the blank website. You know, is it true? Yeah. Is it not? Yeah. Right. And let's not forget the hikes and the (laughs) resistance stretching and the yoga and the live blood cell analysis, the goodie bags, the goodie bags, which (laughs) I like to call the longevity bag because it's going to be, well, it's just, it's, it's, you know, we've got this beautiful list of companies who've stepped forward. We've asked them, would you want to be a part of this? And they're all over it. And it, to what Dasha was saying earlier, we go to these conferences and you're bombarded with new technology, new supplements, new products, new this and new that. And it's very hard to put it into context for yourself. And even as people who've been in the business for a very long time, we get swept away and we end up coming home with all these bottles of things. And it's like, why did I buy this exactly? (laughs) And so the idea is not that every single thing in this bag is going to be the right thing for you, but that everything in this bag, out of all the things in this bag, we will help you to develop your own filter to start to understand, well, what are the supplements that are right for me now? What are the, what is the, what is the health hacking technology? Like that, this health tech, it's all so cool. Well, do I need all of it? Well, maybe you don't, maybe you only need this now. Maybe you'll need it later. Maybe it's just not something for you. So a lot of what we're going to be doing in these five days is not only sharing information, but more importantly, it's helping to help you to develop that muscle to start to see and decide what's right for you and what may not be right for you. Because I know that you probably deal with the same thing, Dasha. I have clients who come to me and they show me, either they show me a giant bag or a giant basket or a couple of cupboards or an Excel spreadsheet of all these supplements, right? And all these products. And And it's because like everybody's really compelling, you know, all the people are very good at explaining why this thing is so amazing for everybody and this and that and the other thing. And we all get sucked in and then we end up with like a thousand things that we can't possibly use. So curating things, information for people and helping people to start to be able to curate for themselves, I think is also really important. And it's Mm -hmm. one of the goals we have for this retreat for our participants is to help to help them to develop that muscle for themselves Mm -hmm. while eating amazing food and going on waterfall hikes and a horseback ride and beach walks and the whole nine yards. Because you know, sometimes I'm talking to people, I get really excited and we're going to learn about this and we're going to learn about that. And we're going to learn about this. And I'm looking at them and their eyes are kind of glazing over. And I'm like, but you're not sitting in a room for eight hours a day to be clear. <laughs> we, we have, we have firm rules. Everybody's got to get out of their seat every 45 minutes and move around. There's a lot, there's a huge amount of experiential 
uh, content that mm. we've baked into this for people. Mm. Yeah. And it's, for me, the, if I know the why, I'll do the what. Mm-hmm. And I think so many times within this health space, if I ask them, well, why are you doing that? Why are you doing an ice bath? Why are you doing sauna? Why are you taking that supplement? Why are you not taking that supplement? Right. Mm-hmm. A lot of it, a lot of times people don't know why. Yeah. And so thinking about habit changes, thinking about, ah, oh, well, you know, my doctor told me that I need to take all these supplements and here's a basket full of supplements. Well, if you don't know why you're taking every single one of those, because it, it, it hasn't been explained to you, then the likelihood of you actually doing it is very, very slim, right? It's, it's limited. So oftentimes when I'll talk to people and say, oh, okay, well, yeah, I need to do this, 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 this. And it's, you know, for example, uh, a red light therapy, right? Mm-hmm. I see all these Instagram folks saying that I need to do red light, red light, red light. Well, if you understand why you're doing red light, you're most likely going to do it more often because the science behind it is so strong and yes. so incredible. You see, you'll see Nat and me on, you know, having our flex beams on left, right, and center, right? Um, because we know what it is doing at the cellular level, right? Young goose, we know what they're doing at the cellular level. We can ex- explain that so that you can know that. And then you can say, yep, I need that right now. Or maybe by the way, you don't. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, there, there are also things that we need to cycle up and down through and through, right? Not, you're not taking all these supplements all the time. You're cycling them. And so I think it's, you know, I counted it up, you know, there's 13 hours and, you know, maybe we shifted this since I counted it, but 13 hours of workshops, 12 hours of experiential modality. And that's what um, Nat was talking about, kind of the yoga, the beach walks, the free time for you to try some of these cool tools that we have to try it before you buy it. Mm-hmm. right or don't buy it um, yeah. or don't buy it if you don't want to right nobody's pushing anything um there's resistance stretching which was a modality that i only came about when when i came down here and it helped my ankle heal from a kite surfing accident it helped not when she was down here kind of lift your shoulder up remember i can raise my arm <laughs> She wasn't doing that before. I could not do this before. Well, if you're not, if you're listening to this episode, um, <laughs> I can get my hands straight up above my head. I was not able to do that for eight months. So before it was going kind of only horizontal. Yeah. Um, well, and it's resistance stretching is, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But resistance stretching is, is kind of using your, you're pushing up against a, or pushing against a, um, a therapist and they're pushing back at you. And, and by doing so, you're actually activating the, the meridian channels with inside, which sounds completely woo-woo, but once you've experienced it and you're running around like a little kid, then you'll feel pretty good. It's know? pretty impressive. It's a little bit like time massage, right? The therapist mm-hmm. is in it with you. So you're, you're working with and against someone. Exactly. We've got 12, uh, 18 hours of Q&A, Mythbusters exploration, groups, coaching sessions um, a week after. So once you get back home, there's that integration as well, right? So you get back home and all of a sudden you're like, wait, what did Nat say? Damn it. I completely forgot. We're going to be there to hold you. Mm-hmm. So it's, I mean, I'm really excited about it. Anytime I moved down to DR, to Dominican Republic in February of 2021 and everybody thought I was crazy. Um, some people still think I'm crazy, but, uh, but Nat's already come down once. Um, I've had multiple friends come down and usually about, you know, about the 48 hour mark, 
I just see their shoulders completely coming down, right? They arrive and they're up here and they're stressed. And a lot of the past two years has been tough for all of us. And once you're here and you're waking up with the sunrise, you're grounding, you're walking barefoot, you're doing an ice bath, you're going to waterfalls, which I mean, talk about having that waterfall on your back. Mm-hmm. Best massage ever. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and, and all of it is is pretty easy to get to from, especially from the East Coast. Um, so yeah, come on down. So yeah, so this is an official invitation. Um we only have 11 spots. We have a few that have gone. Um, but the last thing actually I want to say is that in terms of accommodations, what we have decided to do is to keep it intimate and small and stay the heck away from big hotels and whatnot. Um, what we've done is we've rented four townhomes that are adorable. I, one of these townhomes I've actually rented for the month of November in 2022. I can't wait to go back. You're right on the beach. There's two bedrooms per townhome. So if you have a friend and the two of you decide that you want to do this together, you can each save $250. You can have your own little house. In addition to the four townhomes, we also have a large villa. The villa has three bedrooms in it. One of those bedrooms is already gone. We have two bedrooms left. And that villa is going to be really the central location where we host all of the events, um, where we do the one-on-one consults with each of you, because you will each have one-on-one time with Dasha and with myself. Because the other thing we forgot to mention is that six weeks or four weeks before you come down, you'll be running um, some testing, which is also included in the price of the retreat. As a matter of fact, everything is included in the price of the retreat except for your flight. So once you once your plane lands, you're ours. We will feed you, we will take you places, and we will just take care of you from top to bottom until the, des- the day you decide to leave. So no big hotels for us. We're on the beach and we're walking that beach every morning at sunrise. And I'm still amazed at how I pop out of bed in time for sunrise when I'm down there, no alarm needed. Um, And then doing the sunset walk. So while we're doing that, we'll be talking about the importance of light and the right light at the right time and grounding and all the things. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait. And um, for those, like you just mentioned, you know, my mom just came down. I've had different friends come down. Um, it is extremely safe. Um, and if you have any additional questions about really anything, we've done a couple of Instagram lives uh, on WealthCo, on Natalie's uh, Instagram as well. And feel free to reach out to either of us because we, we would love to answer any questions before you might wanna, want might want to join us. Absolutely. And so to get more information about the retreat, you can go to one or two places. You can come to my website, natnidham.com. There's a retreat tab at the top of the homepage. You can click on that. That'll give you a little bit of information and that'll send you, if you want to dig deeper, to WealthCo. And I don't remember the URL, Dasha, so maybe you can tell people what the exact URL is. It's a long one, but it'll take you there. Um, yeah, you can go to Wealth. Wealth wealth.community, excuse me. Um, so whealth.community and then click on intensives. And once you click on intensives, Nats will be the first one up. Uh, okay. So you can see the different rooms. You can see some of the schedule. Uh, you can see some of the other things that are included. 
And, uh, and then we, the only thing we ask is that it's a very quick uh, application uh, because we want to make sure that this is also the right fit for you. Yep. We are not accepting everybody. Uh, we do very much from the, from the very beginning, we're making sure that you are getting what you, what you need at this point in time in your health journey. Absolutely. So the deadline for getting for signing up is February 15th. And that's really just so that we have enough time to get you the testing kits and you can get those tests done. The actual retreat is March 25th to March 30th in Cabarete in the Dominican Republic. And I think that's about it. I think we covered all the things. Oh, you and I can talk for hours more, but we could. But we're going to let people go here. So again, any questions, let us know. I'm going to try to have this episode posted. Um, You're probably, you'll probably be listening to it the week that I'm going back to the Dominican Republic for a February, late January, early February break. So it'll most, you'll probably be listening to this the, the last week of January. So that gives us another three weeks to fill up our spots. And we really hope to see you there. Anything else, Miss Dasha? No, I got nothing. Just come on down. Just come on down. Just, yeah, just come down. All right. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you, Dasha. This was great. And I'm looking forward to seeing you next week. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to leave us a five-star review on iTunes because that's what helps us to be heard and to be seen. If you'd like to connect with me directly, or if you'd like to leave any comments, or if you have any questions about this episode, please reach out to me directly through my website, natnidham.com. And of course, if you're not already a member of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Community on Facebook, that's where you'll find me every day. It's a short application. Just answer a couple of questions and you're in and interfacing with other amazing biohackers. Thanks again, and we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode.